Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know about a brand new event I will be running with my colleague Hilary Thomas. Our 24-hour Reset, Refocus, Rejuvenate retreat will take place on the 10th of November. Designed to help you carve out some much-needed space and time to focus on you and your goals, you will leave feeling energised and revitalised. Head on over to the Dive Deep Climb High website for more information. Today, we're going to be diving deep into how leaders can upgrade their mind and body to think and function better. My guest has had a fascinating career, having spent 20 years in Silicon Valley before moving back to Germany seven years ago. Whilst continuing to work for some top tech companies, IBM Research, Yahoo and Zalando, he has been exploring novel approaches to leadership. As founder of The Mindful Leader, he has developed a data-driven approach to mindfulness, which sort of feels like a contradiction in terms. This is going to be a truly fascinating conversation. So let's dive in and welcome the incredible Dr. Rainer Kraft. Hi, Rainer. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, uh, Melanie, for having me on the show today. Oh, you're very welcome. I cannot, as I said, wait to dive into this conversation because our prequel was incredible. The the stuff that you are doing, your career history is just amazing. So perhaps the best place to start would be for you to share some of your, your journey so far and how you are combining science and mindfulness. Yeah, so where do we start? Um, yeah, looking back in uh, in the 90s, I got into uh, computer science. Uh, I enjoy basically programming, building systems, and so on. And I moved um, immediately into the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and yeah, worked there for quite some time. You mentioned already in the introduction, 20 years, yeah, time goes by. Um, yeah, but I think the, I mean, I had a, definitely a lot of fun and everything, but I got caught into the, um, what I now refer to more the reactive approach of taking care of your mind and body. At that point, I took everything for granted and did not think too much about it. But what I realized, I got into more and more stressful situations, fast-paced work style, and of course, working pretty much around the clock most of the time, so not a lot of balance. And I, th I think a lot of the listeners can resonate with this because uh, usually you're so focused on your work that you forget about 
there's more to life than just to work. Uh, and it starts with yourself, taking properly care of yourself. This is where everything starts. And eventually the stress got me and I got more and more into a state of uh, mental exhaustion. It was not burnout yet. I didn't even know all those definitions at that point in time. I just realized it's like I tried to do more, work harder to somehow compensate, but it didn't work. And so the question was, what do you do? And at that point, um, my former employer, Yahoo, they offered a uh, MBSR program, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. It's one of those standard uh, classes that you can take. And yeah, for me, this was completely new, new world, like meditating, what is this? Uh, but I was able to actually do it because I felt after a few minutes, stress was disappearing and the mind at some point got more and more quiet. So yeah, it was helpful to do these exercises and I realized then after a few weeks things got better but it was just the beginning because for me I still try to understand what's going on and of course my body also was not in a good shape I took a hit on a lot of those stress symptoms when they build up over time um, usually yeah body also has to compensate for all the stress but cannot keep up Right. And so the typical symptoms, I mean, Google for stress, body symptoms, and you probably know what I'm talking about. There was high blood pressure, right? There was, um, and of course, I had, I had also too much weight, so I was overweight. So there was all those things coming together. And for me, then the question was, so how do I, what do I do now? And it felt all kind of random, like a little bit of meditation here. But is that helping for the body as well? Well, how do I know? And so almost always this curiosity question, how do you know what to do? And how do you know it's actually working? And as a scientist, I quickly, uh, this was for me the doubts in there, right? So the, what are you doing here? Right? How How is this all helping? And what's how is this relating? And that got me curious to experiment. And I continued exploring this i got more and more deeper into mindfulness meditation taming the mind so to speak and over the years things got better and better and i was finally able it was about maybe 10 years ago roughly to also put numbers behind it as i'm usually good with numbers and uh, i like to explore and try out creative things so then yeah um it was clear there are numbers you can look at. So I discovered them, I experimented with them, and you could see that uh, there is movement there. And nowadays I call them mind KPIs, key performance indicators, because they tell you how well the mind is doing. <laughs> and so I got also, of course, to better understand the brain, I got deeper and deeper into neuroscience. Um, that was a nice excursion. And I learned that at the end, the mind, I like to compare it with a piece of software. Nowadays, I call it the mind operating system. And it is something that can be programmed. It can be, of course, changed, updated, and it's very buggy. So there's a lot of bugs in it. And so that what it comes, the default, usually your mind OS is not in a good shape. And same for mine, right? So mine was in a terrible shape. And 
for me caused a lot of anxiety, suffering, because if the mind, uh, if there's so much thought activity going on, and many of these thoughts, or if even the majority of them are negative, then obviously, yeah, it has an effect on stress levels and overall well-being. And so for me, then the interesting thing, while I was progressing over the years, I felt better and better. And then when I moved back 2016 to Berlin, Germany, I um, got to know some functional medicine uh, practitioners and doctors. And that was for me then the turning point also when I figured out eventually, oh, this is how the body works. And I was fascinated by the whole area of uh, functional medicine. And as a computer scientist, uh, this was just a different system, right? So instead of a software system, like typical one that you deal with in the industry, but now you had a body, right? And the body was a system, very complex one. And I got more and more into understanding and learning how all these systems work. And of course, then you get into also epigenetics, which is the science to actually how, if you think about the blueprint, how the body is built, your DNA, your genes, then epigenetics, again, is like a software layer on top. <laughs> this was more, even more fascinating. So, oh man, there's so many systems here, right? And such a complexity. And then, of course, there's the mind. And the mind also is a very complex buggy system, what I mentioned before. And so I found my playground, so to speak, experimenting, working with experts in the field, took a lot of classes, uh, continued to educate myself. And I mean, in the past 10 years, I've probably spent more than 10,000 hours on all those things combined, probably many more. But I could see, I mean, even 10 years ago, and then over the years, I could feel more and more of the impact what this is doing to myself, to my body, to my mind. And so I realized, wow, there has to be also something in there that I could apply to the workplace, uh, focusing there on leadership, because I've seen the effects of poor leadership in the workplace. And it's all happening because of suboptimal mind operating systems, right? So <laughs> this buggy software is all over the place from those leaders. And if I just did an estimate, right? If just a few percent would become a little bit more aware and start to also doing a little bit of what I was doing, upgrading the mind, that could have a tremendous impact, positive impact. And so that's why I kept focusing when I founded the mindful leader this was my project back in 2018 i talked about mindful leadership principles and so on but i was still at that point i was working at a large company Zalando here in germany i had a large organization there and i tried to of course apply those learnings on leadership and how to how to yeah what can you do in the real world bringing some of these new concepts in there and it was fascinating, but again, always the data-driven aspect with whatever, what I'm doing. And yeah, that served me well. And then when I founded the Mindful Leader, I uh, really focused on this topic, becoming a better leader in a systematic way, right? And that's what I'm talking about, because everything else, usually people try a few random things, a little bit of mindfulness, maybe here, maybe some exercise, 
and they think they're doing something, but it's completely random. There is no system in there. And sometimes, of course, even worse, they think they have a system, but there is no system. And there's no data. I always ask, show me the data, right? If someone talks about, yeah, I'm doing high-performance leadership or some of these buzzwords, then I always ask, show me the numbers. How do you know, right? And then people look at me surprised or puzzled. What numbers are you talking about? Well, <laughs> there are numbers, right? And that's what makes it interesting and uh, also predictable that you can take your mind, you can take your body, you can take awareness, which is the third element, or I would say the most important element in that game, and systematically work on all of these three areas together. And this is what I'm referring to as the high-performance mindset. So this is a term I coined a few years ago when I thought about, so how do you call this now if someone is in this calm state of mind, there is not a lot of thought activity, very clear, you can make quality decisions, you're in a state of flow most of the day, you can fully focus, right? There is no negativity anymore, the mind just runs like so smooth, no stress anymore, the body has lots of resilience and energy levels, you're perfectly healthy, right? How do you call this, right? And that was when I figured, well, this is actually this is actually a high-performance mind if this all comes together. And a high-performance mind, of course, can support an optimized body. And But it's all fueled by awareness. Awareness is the underlying driver of everything. And so that's why it's important to look at all these three areas, awareness, mind, and body. And that was the biggest learning because sometimes you also see people they're doing something in one area and actually not that bad if you think about it. So I could see some like in this area of biohacking, which I'm spending now all so many years uh, in, people start doing some stuff, maybe some new diet, some fasting, whatever it is. And itself, that's not a bad thing. But the problem is because of lack of awareness. So they're missing that part of the most important ingredient there all those effort is not going to go anywhere, right? So you can see this, people go to the gym, work out for two weeks, and then they gradually don't go anymore. And why is this happening? Well, because they're not aware, right? They they go back to these old routines again, and they're missing out on really transforming the mind into new patterns, new behavior. And that is hard, but it requires the awareness. And so that's what I'm doing now, basically figuring out with the Mindful Leader. I also founded my own epigenetic lab here and neurofeedback lab in Frankfurt, a little bit north of Frankfurt here in Germany, working with clients, but also uh, scaling my work in terms of the High Performance Mind program, where I put everything together in a very condensed, structured approach over three months to take someone on a journey from A to B, right? Where A is like this not desirable type where I was myself, right? And getting there in the most effective way in three months, uh, it's doable. And I started experimenting with this and it helps me to reach more and more people to take advantage because not everyone like myself has this energy to, I don't know, tinker like 10, 15 years with all these things and random stuff here and trial here, uh, most people I work with, they tell me, well, how do I get there fast, right? Mm. And 
So that's where I am now is helping people to support them in their transition very fast in an effective way. And that's a lot of fun because you can see those breakthroughs usually after a short time already. Fascinating. So much to unpick there. And some of your phraseology, I I just love, you know, our mind operating system, our mind is full of bugs. I love that. That really creates it. And this whole idea of bringing mindfulness together with data and science and as you say all the the research and the hours and hours that you spent at it and I I'm sure it's it's Malcolm Gladwell isn't it that says you know to become an expert to become the best in your field you need to do at least 10,000 hours so you've ticked that box so I'm interested for you what is the the data that you start with, because I'm presuming when you go on, you, you take people on this three month program, you start with data and that monitors a success. So is the data the same for every person? Does it depend on people's goals? Tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, you can measure these mind KPIs. There's also body KPIs. They're called biomarkers. So you can, of course, measure along so many different data points and as we're all different the question is always boils down to what are the key objectives for let's say the next six months what is it that you want to focus on you can't do everything at once it's just too much and so usually an assessment is needed at the beginning to figure out where the potential or the biggest gains that can be achieved, but also the biggest pain points, right? Usually it's the driver is pain, suffering. That is the driver. It's people usually are not that proactive, but then they they show up and, and, and want to do something when things are already in a bad shape. So I know from my own experience. And so the question is then, yeah, what what should we focus on? And um, the program that I mentioned, High Performance Mind Program, this is actually the start is to reflect and figuring out what kind of objectives and key results called OKRs could I define for myself? I call them personal OKRs. And then you use the methodology like measurable mindfulness, mind management, biohacking, all that stuff is the methodology, the tooling, uh, that helps you to work on certain interventions and certain yeah experimentation progress in some areas it gives you results obviously but then you have to figure out in terms of when you have an objective how you tie this into now specific activities and outcomes and that is a little the is the tricky part, but this is what you're learning in the program, right? How to think about if you say, oh, I want to calm the mind as an example, right? What does it mean? And how do you do that? If that is an objective, how do you break it down actually in smaller things that help you to implement some tactics on getting there, uh, but also making sure you understand how to measure that, right? And that is very individual, so that's why the way to think about my program or in general, the approach is I provide a lot of different methodologies and I'm not even limited to them. People can bring in their own methodology. That is all fine, right? But I'm more in terms of, okay, how do you now 
proceed in terms of the strategy and how do you measure where you are, right? Mm. And that is the, the most important thing because there's always different ways on achieving the same thing. But the outcome at the end is what matters that uh, gets produced. And that could mean for one person doing a certain exercise, nutrition, yeah, mind management, meditation, certain aspects, and it works very well. And for another person, it would not work, but other stuff would work, right? And so it comes up to the mix, figuring out, everyone needs to figure out their own mix, but the program gives them basically the ideas on how to do that, right? And that's why it, why it works very well, because it's not limited to a certain approach, right? It's just giving you the, what is it like, the red line, right? How to go through it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fascinating. So in all the people that have been through this program and the people that you've worked with over the last 10 years, in terms of leadership and in terms of when people come to you at that point of crisis or just not knowing what to do, are there their common themes that come out from the leaders that you've worked with? Yeah, I mean, there are typical common themes in terms of it could be on one side, it is a lack of focus. So focus is usually a big deal that people getting too easily distracted. So it's basically impacting the work. So that is a big one. The busy mind is a big one when there's too many thoughts, the thought activity is too high. Of course, that also leads to distraction, but it also causes a lot of stress and it usually results in poor sleep. So people can't sleep because in the evening when they try to go to sleep, the mind goes on, <laughs> especially at night when you wake up at 2 a.m. And then so those are common themes. Negativity is a common theme. Uh, lack of energy is a common theme. So. Yeah, I think there is usually getting, feeling overwhelmed, self-doubts, right? There is usually the a handful of those that I just mentioned that are the primary driver. When I look at uh, so far clients that I worked with, it's always something like this. And of course, on the, on the application level, let's say on leadership, there's of course an always, okay, now how do I do, apply this now in the workplace? How do I build better organizations that run smoother, that are purposeful, um, generate more impact? So there is application level stuff as well. So it's usually a mix of those two things. But to be good at the application level, you have to master the basics, right? The basics of awareness, mind and body. And you have to get really good at that. And then that gives you more impact on the application level, right? And so that's why usually people are motivated by these pain points usually mostly. And then, of course, then there is the goodies that they also like to achieve and that can all be done. But the order is important. First work on the foundation and then you work on the application level. So good. I'm trying to articulate my next question because there's just so much there to take on. And interestingly, as you were talking there and talking about those common themes, lack of focus, busy mind, negativity, lack of energy, overwhelm, I was thinking that these are nothing to do with somebody's ability 
to do their job, i.e. their skill level. These are all internal. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about this awareness mind body. Can you talk a little bit more about the link between those three? And as you say, they're sort of integrated. And why does awareness, mind and body give us that that optimum operating system? They, they are all linked together. And that's why awareness... I mentioned earlier is the primary driver. It's the foundation, becoming aware, becoming connected with the present moment, being fully present. That is the most fundamental capability. It can be measured. It's called your level of present awareness, LPA. And it's the percentage of the day that you're actually fully present. And unfortunately, the default is very low. That percentage is ranges anywhere from one, two, or maybe 3%. Uh, if the mind is not somehow trained, it's the untrained state of mind. Usually 2% is a good average that I observe in clients working with them. And uh, of course, you can see the ripple effect. If you're not aware, if you're not present, that means your mind is constantly in some thought activity, either in the past or the future. It's everywhere, but not in the present moment. And so that is the big deal, because now if you're not in the present moment, then you can't work on your body, you can't work on your mind. Um, you get distracted all the time, right? You're not even there. You're basically living this, uh, it's like uh, like a daydream, like you're, you're not fully there. You're just doing something in your head, processing. And that means uh, everything suffers in terms of quality, right? What you're doing, the quality is suffering. And that's why it has a ripple effect on your application level, it affects whatever you're doing, could be leadership, could be uh, some other task, what you're working on. And that's why this is so important to work on your LPA and boost it. And I usually try to, in the program, we're trying to boost this up by a factor of 10, like 10x, getting it from 2% to maybe 20%. But even if we can get your LPA from 2% of 10% or 6%, that would be a game changer already, right? And that's why working on LPA, level of present awareness, boosting it to a significant amount, this is the foundation of everything, right? And then once LPA is growing and it's evolving and stabilizing, then you usually work on the mind as a next step. You work also a little bit on the body in parallel, but the mind then becomes more important to really rewrite the the software of the mind OS and you start with all this is what what I refer to as mind management which is rooted in neuroscience uh, there's neurofeedback as well that you can use data driven in a data driven way so there's a lot of cool things you can do on the mind and as the mind then basically improves that gives you more focus even for the body and of course the body if the body has more energy as an example more resources available it's the body, is the hardware, right? So the software can run smoother. This is the strategy. So you can see these three have a synergistic effect. And the order to do it is awareness, mind, body. And then the cycle kicks in 
So all of a sudden, if the body is better, you can meditate better, you can sleep better, of course, and then the mind is causing less trouble. So that means less of your resources are getting wasted. Right. If you think about there is this one example people may have heard, right? That you produce anywhere between fifty to seventy thousand thoughts per day. And about 99% of them are completely useless. But they need energy, they need electrons to be shuffled around in your mind, in the brain. That costs energy to do it. And the brain sucks out most of the energy. 20% of the energy is what the brain needs, 24 hours, right? It's a lot of energy. And so the energy is then used, the part of this energy for producing these useless thoughts, right? So you, you think about, can you cut down these 70,000 thoughts maybe to half, right? That would be cool because now you have that excess energy that you can actually put to use for some problem solving, for some creativity and apply it yeah, to something that actually makes sense. And so that's why you can see how these three things are linked, what the impact is and why it's a good thing to and practice later on your work a little bit on everything. Right, It's not that you like in this black and white thing, now you only work on awareness, you don't do anything on the mind or the body. Usually you do a little bit on everything and then it iterates and gets better and better. I so love that. And I think for anyone that is out there that has just thought that mindfulness is mumbo jumbo, that description that you've just given is just a fantastic way to show the integration and to just perhaps open the door to people that have thought, oh, no, this isn't for me. There is no benefit in it. So, yeah, fascinating. I've learned so much in the short time we've been together. I really encourage people to go onto your website to learn more. So when for you, and you've had a fascinating career, fascinating journey and I love that description that you use of of having a playground. You've had a playground that you've been in for the last 10 years. When have you had to really dive deep and what impact did that have on you? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, the impact uh, was, of course, not all of a sudden. It was gradual impact that you're getting. Um, breakthrough was awareness. When I got really into deep state of prolonged state also of deep awareness and that felt very good actually i mean it's uh, i think this is when even from a spiritual side of things right when you go into meditation and you get into these deep states that feels re really good so if people haven't done that and i can just recommend try give it a try see how it feels but unfortunately if people have expectations on how to how to deep getting into these states is usually not going to happen. So you really have to let go. But that has a profound impact when you can all of a sudden get into more and more aware, deeper states of consciousness. But you can not just get into these states when you're in meditation, but you can actually keep them around for the most time of the day. So it's so you don't have to sit there and meditate all day long. You can actually use these deep states of awareness while you're working, while you're doing certain tasks or running errands, whatever. And um, that, I think, had the most uh, profound impact. 
uh, at the beginning, but then of course the, the mind was still not running smoothly. So while I was debugging the mind, and that is an ongoing process. I think you're never done. There's always stuff coming out of your subconscious mind, buried deep in some layer, and at some point it comes up. So there's always something new there, but I think when I started this combination of training the mind, I could all of a sudden, of course, I could apply it in the work, what I was doing, but also my personal life. It was just, there was more peace all of a sudden. Anxiety was gone, right? Self-doubt, all the stuff, what it typically keeps you back. So you, you could feel that the software is just running better. You could also be more productive. So it's usually all those good benefits, not all at once, but a little bit here, a little bit there, and it accumulates and gets better. And then I think the most impact you see on the body, once you actually get the body in better shape, you'll realize at what low levels you had worked before. <laughs> and all of a sudden, when you get these breakthroughs and you can see what's possible with a actually body that's performing well. I mean, impact on cognitive abilities is one example, but in general, right, energy levels and getting more stuff done, but also, yeah, just enjoying whatever you're doing at the higher quality, better quality is... Uh, one of those nice things once you start upgrading the body right yeah fantastic so when have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree i think it was uh, right at the beginning when i had my first glimpses into meditation into mindfulness i realized oh wow this is there is something happening here now but I couldn't put my fingers yet exactly what's happening. I just felt, oh, there's, it feels good. There is something moving, right? And the rest then unfolded, right? But it took many, many years. Like, as I said, 10, 15 yeah. years. It's, and uh, I think it doesn't have to take that long, right? I think yeah. you can climb, the fish can climb much faster. Brilliant. So fascinating conversation. Thank you for sharing that with us. How can people get in touch, find out more, find out more about the Mindful Leader program that you run? Yeah, I think the mindfulleader.net is a good source for, especially when it comes to leadership. It's also the source of the High Performance Mind program. So I think we can probably add that in the show notes, the mindfulleader.net. And then I have a podcast where I also work with experts in the field and interview them. And this is also how I learn, right? It's it's a great way to tap into the into the brains of these guys. And yeah, I think the podcast is a good yeah. source. My blog is also there. So there's a lot of resources. And of course, there is the community that I built, the mindfultechleaders.com where people who like new leadership methodologies who like to work on personal growth, leadership growth, they can hang out. And this is why I created it, to have this place where, where you can meet like-minded people who are actually passionate about these topics. Fantastic. So we will put all of those links in the show notes. It just leaves me to say a massive thank you for this fascinating conversation. What final words of wisdom? would you like to leave people with today? I would say that bringing it back to awareness, becoming more aware is something that's completely underestimated. I think 
becoming aware that there is actually awareness is something it cannot be touched or anything but it's something it's there it's who you are and it's something that you can through training through simple mindfulness exercises you can go back into the present moment and i think that is something you can experience right now after immediately after the show right just be present for one minute and this way you can collect one mindful minute right being just being there whatever you're doing halt and basically continue then doing it but being fully present for one minute and i think this gives you a flavor of what being present actually means so experiment with that and see how it feels as a takeaway and something practical to get out of this Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive Deep, Climb High, can do leadership in a world of can't.